Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, commenting, donating, and praying for us. And for going to brotherlance.com to get the free PDF of this teaching. This is the Christian Soul Prepper Podcast Persecution Series, Episode 10. Today we'll be covering Chapters 33 of my book, We Shall Be Like Him, Drink His Cup. You can download the book for free at weshallbelikehim.com. We are on a mission to help the body of Christ worldwide, preparing the faithful for the second coming of Jesus Christ. We do this by exposing the tricks of the devil, diving deep into the Word of God, and doing life together. Along the way, we'll include a power promise to claim and ridiculous trivia. We are not alone. We have a divine hope for home. Welcome to the Christian Soul Prepper Podcast. Right here, right now, we give you the God's honest truth. sure to bookmark brotherlance.com for all the latest podcast, video, Bible study, social media, and more. Now here's your host, Brother Lance. Eric Smith from Forge Multimedia is producing an audio version of We Shall Be Like Him. As an Emmy award-winning voice talent, he is producing a wonderful telling of this important book. Yet I wanted to include the following chapters in our discussion during the persecution series. So today we'll forego the Bible promises and trivia section of the show and jump right into chapter 33 of We Shall Be Like Him. The verses in the book you can download for free uh, uses the King James Version for copyright issues. This way I can do whatever I want with the book. What I'm about to read uses easy read versions of biblical translations. Other than that, um, it's all basically the same thing as what you download from the website. In the last podcast, we talked about the suffering of Jesus. In this podcast, we'll cover how we are called to drink of the same cup of our Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please give us the Holy Spirit as we study your word, guide us into all your truth, and thank you for loving us and being with us and giving us the encouraging example of the life of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's begin. Day 33. Drink His Cup, Part 1. Precept number four. Jesus told Peter, put your sword away. Shouldn't I drink the cup of suffering that my father has given me? John eighteen eleven. One of the most painful scenes in the Bible is unfolding. The time for the sacrifice has come. With only a matter of hours, the Son of God must die. This is where we will begin. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. Mark fourteen thirty four. Walking about a stone throws away... Jesus falls to the ground all alone, crying out to his father. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not that I will, but what you will. Mark 14.36 We find in Luke the account of his deep anguish. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Luke 22.44 Up to this point, this was the darkest moment of Jesus' life rivaled only by the forthcoming moment upon the cross. When he was on the cross about to die, the Son of God cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. The Holy Word tells us that God turns away from sin, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Isaiah fifty-nine two. 
Jesus had come to become the embodiment of sin for us. For our sake, he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21. I believe the exact moment Jesus received the sin of humanity was the moment he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27.46. In this very desperate and painful moment, Jesus declared the prophecy found in Psalms 22. Psalms 22 is a vivid description of the abuse Jesus endured and what his thoughts were as he hung on the cross. If you ever wanted to know what he prayed to God about on the cross, read Psalms 22. I also believe it was because of this moment that Jesus cried out in the garden. Jesus petitioned God for this cup that passed from him. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think it was the pain Jesus was so distraught over? Or do you think it was the fear of insults that made him sweat as drops of blood? Alternatively, or was it the thought of separation from his father that made the Son of God cry out? Most people might not have considered that there are actually two sacrifices made in the New Testament. The first is God sacrificing his own son as a lamb. John saw Jesus coming towards him the next day and said, Look, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John 1.29 According to the custom of the ceremonial law of the Older Testament, the father of the house would place his hands upon the lamb and transfer the sin of the family to the lamb. Then the lamb would be sacrificed as payment for these sins. See Leviticus chapters 1 through 4. The sins of humanity had to be transferred to Jesus as a perfect spotless lamb. It is my own personal belief that Jesus did not fear death. We read, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. John 5.26 We also read, No one takes my life from me. I give my life of my own free will. I have the authority to give my life, and I have the authority to take my life back again. This is what my Father ordered me to do. John John 10, 18. Jesus knew and trusted the Father explicitly without fail. He knew he was going to be resurrected. He also believed the prophecy of Psalm 16. For you will not abandon my soul in Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. Acts 2, 27. Jesus did not doubt the will of the Father, not for one moment. He was the perfect sacrifice. The second sacrifice is found in the garden. In the Psalm 16 prophecy, we read a most interesting line that ties the garden cross and the grave together. Let's read. The Lord, Yahweh, is my inheritance and my cup. You're the one who determines my destiny. Psalm 16, 5. Jesus is faced with two cups, the cups of sinners as found in this verse, He rains down fire and burning sulfur upon the wicked. He makes them drink from a cup filled with the scorching wind. Psalms 11.6 The other cup is the cup of salvation and blessing. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Psalms 116.13 Jesus was placed in an amazing and heart-wrenching position. It was a position that no man has ever been before. Jesus passed the temptations of Satan with flying colors. All he desired was God and to be obedient to him. This was his portion and all he looked for. Satan couldn't offer anything Jesus wanted more. Now in the garden, Jesus must make the sacrifice of self. In order for Jesus to be obedient to God, he now must become sin and be separated from God, his daddy for the first time. I believe this is why Jesus cried out in the garden, why he begged for another way. It was a separation that cut straight to his soul. Eve's temptation by Satan was to become like her greatest desire, God. God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil, Genesis 3.5. Eve disobeyed by following that desire to its dreadful end. 
Jesus now longs to be in the presence of his greatest desire, his Father. Yet to be obedient, he must leave the presence of the Father. It was obedience through separation that stirred Jesus' heart so badly. God sacrificed his Son. Jesus sacrificed his desire to be in his Father's presence. Each side had something at stake. Jesus must take the second cup of fire and burning sulfur. He must leave the presence of God to become sin for us. In doing so, he receives the cup of salvation for humanity. He also receives the Psalm 16 cup of inheritance for himself and all who call upon his name. Yes, there were two sacrifices made for us. Let us do a couple of comparisons to zoom in on these prophecies. The Lord Yahweh is my inheritance and my cup. You are the one who determines my destiny. Your boundary lines mark out pleasant places for me. Indeed, my inheritance is something beautiful. Psalm 16, 5-6. We compare that to the New Testament fulfillment. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Hebrews 1, 4-5. Let's look at another one. I will praise the Lord Yahweh, who advises me. My conscience warns me at night. I always keep the Lord Yahweh in front of my eyes. When he is by my side, I cannot be moved. Psalm 16, 7-8. We see it being fulfilled here. Then he went away a second time and prayed, Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, let, you, let your will be done. Matthew twenty six forty two. Psalm 16 ends with, You make the path of life known to me. Complete joys in your presence. Pleasure are by your sides forever. Psalm sixteen eleven. Jesus completely emptied himself of his own desires, placing the desires of the Father above all else, knowing unless he became sin for us. We could never be one with the Father. In doing so, he secured a sure future for us all. If you want to know more of what the Lord was thinking and experiencing, please read Psalms 22 and Psalms 116. In his suffering, Jesus became our high priest, meaning Jesus is the one who walks us into the presence of God. He fulfilled the requirements of a holy God. Now we can come to him once again. Without being our high priest, this would not be possible. We read, We have a great high priest who has done, gone into heaven, and he is Jesus, the Son of God. That is why we must hold on to what we have said about him. Hebrews 4.14 Jesus is a permanent high priest. He is our everlasting connection to our Father. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, because he always lives to intercede for us, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him. We need such a high priest, one who is holy, innocent, pure, set apart from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Hebrews seven twenty four through 26 Jesus earned this position through suffering and obedience. It was purchased through his blood. Now we have a salvation, a hope, and peace with God. Let every voice praise Jesus to the glory of our God. The precept we are studying is the cup of suffering. Jesus said, Shouldn't I drink the cup of suffering that my Father has given me? John eighteen eleven. Jesus suffered dearly for us. Through a sinless life, death, and then resurrection, Jesus became our high priest. The family of God has a different path, a path in reverse. We first believe in Jesus and the price he paid. We are then welcomed into the family of God. When we are welcomed in, we become priests just like him. However, you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people who belong to God. You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter 2.9 
Jesus offered himself up as the perfect sacrifice through his blood. We now offer up spiritual sacrifices to our God. You come to him as living stones, as spiritual houses being built into a holy priesthood. So offer spiritual sacrifices that God accepts through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2.5 We are to be just like him in every way. He is our chief priest. We are his ministers in the priesthood. Jesus, through much suffering, has earned his position. We are given ours freely to serve the living God. As Jesus suffered and became the high priest, our paths are in reverse. We have become priests through our faith. Once we are made a priest, we also must share in the suffering of our Lord. We will talk more about this in the next chapter. As we close, let's look at the guidelines for our ministry as priests. But that's not the way it's going to be among you. Whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be most important among you will be a slave for everyone. It's the same way with the Son of Man. He did not come so that others could serve him. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many people. Mark 10, 43-45 We are to be like our Lord to give our lives in the service of others. Let's read the example of Jesus. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Luke nineteen ten. We must follow his example. We are to seek and save the lost. We understand what love is when we realize that Christ gave his life for us. That means we must give our lives for other believers. 1 John 3.16 Let's read the example of John the Baptist. You will make his people know that they can be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Luke one seventy seven. We are also to make known to the world the way to receive forgiveness of sins. We are encouraged even more in our office as priests with this verse. Fight the good fight for the Christian faith. Take hold of everlasting life to which you were called and about which you made a good testimony in front of many witnesses. 1 Timothy 6.12 We must declare the gospel truth to the entire world. It might cost us dearly. It could cost us everything. But it can never cost us more than it costs Jesus. He separated himself from God's presence so we can be with them forever. We must be willing to now live so completely in God's presence, even if we lose every earthly comfort for the sake of the gospel truth. It will be as if we have lost nothing at all. We must be completely convinced of our inheritance through Jesus Christ so that every earthly pleasure becomes just a momentary gift from the Father. We accomplish this when we desire the one who blesses more than the earthly blessings he can give us. Be encouraged, brothers and sisters. Our reward is great and the blessing innumerable. Jesus tells us the Son of Man will be seen coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the earth. Mark 13, 26-27 We are chosen ones. We will live forever in their presence. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is found in his Son. 1 John five eleven. We have received ownership of everything in the universe. Even though to the world it seems as if we have nothing, we have this hope for home. Let us focus our gaze upon the sandy shores of heaven's harbor and seek refuge within. So when God wanted to prove for certain that his promise to his people could not be broken, he made a vow. God cannot tell a lie. And so his promises and vows are two things that can never be changed. We have run to God for safety. Now his promises should greatly encourage us to take hold of the hope that is right in front of us. This hope is like a firm and steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope reaches beyond the curtain into the most holy place to God. Jesus has gone there ahead of us, and he is our high priest forever, just like Melchizedek. Hebrews six seventeen through 20 Let's pray. Daddy, please bring every promise and glory you have for us back to our memories. Help us to never forget what you have in store for the family. 
Just as Jesus looked to the joy set before him as he walked to the cross, let us also follow his example and look forward to the joy of your presence. We have nothing on our own. With you, we have everything heaven can offer. Let us never shrink back from declaring the gospel to the world. Let us never be ashamed. Give us boldness as we move forward in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Next week, we're going to read over day 34. Uh, This will go on for about um, five more weeks because we're going to read a couple chapters. If you want to, go ahead and go to weshallbelikehim.com and download the book for free now. Read ahead. It's a great book. It'll be a huge blessing for you. And I need to ask a favor. I need your help. Will you please help me spread these messages? Spread the link for the free book. Spread the podcast. Share with your friends and family. Partner with me in the spreading of the gospel so we could put a smile on Jesus' face and make our love for God known and proven so we be faithful stewards of what God has given us. I do a lot of the legwork. So if, if people that listen, if you could share with your friends and family, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, anywhere you are on social media, Instagram, if you could just share, please share. I need people to help me out. No man is an island unto himself. Nobody can do it alone. I can't do it alone. It takes people working together as the body of Christ. So if you have been blessed, please share this great information with your friends and family and loved ones and receive an eternal reward for your efforts of just sending a a text or tweet or, you know, posting a video or anything. So anyways, I pray that God will bless you in that endeavor and that he'll put it upon your heart to get it done. And that way we can be all be joyous together when he returns, that we've all worked in the fields, you know, and Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Let that not be said amongst us. So God bless you. God be with you. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us in this time of fellowship. Visit weshallbelikeem.com to download your free copy of a 45-day transformation devotional. Be sure to check out our website at brotherlands.com to stay up to date. We really appreciate your support for sharing with your friends and family and leaving positive reviews. Together, we are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. This has been the Christian Soul Prepper Podcast, preparing your soul for the second coming.